Dog Nation, it is August, and you know what that means around here. That means Georgia is officially ready to get into football, and UGA has opened its first day of fall camp, which means 25 practices of grind and finding out the identity of this team. As always, I am Cheeto, and with me is Keegan, and welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. <laughs> And what feels like it's been, you know, just a just a long summer so far, especially with these heat temperatures. You know, we talk about the dog days. Uh, SEC media days has come and gone. Recruiting season has been great for Georgia. A lot of big names committing, a lot of big names still considering. We've lost a few, but that has not slowed down this train. But now we can finally talk about the X's and O's, the Jimmys and the Joes, and good old-fashioned Georgia football as we really get to see what this team's going to be made of. We've lost historic figures to this program, champions. Can we build another championship team? And this is where it happens for the third straight season. Could not be more excited to get to August specifically for camp. Uh, Good time to be a dog. Good time to love football. Hell yeah. (laughs) And go dogs. Yeah, dude. Fall camp. I just love the the ability and the idea that these dogs are going to roll up their sleeves. They, you know, you do a lot of work all year, a lot of prep, a lot of conditioning, but this specific period is a time where you roll up your sleeves and you get focused. You stay in the moment. You know, you repeat the mantra: "What's important now?" But nothing really says that than getting out of you know wherever you live, uh, off campus or on campus regardless getting in you know some kind of like hotel situation i i kind of envision uh the show hard knocks and you know i think there's some comparisons to to draw there but it's just a bunch of guys really coming together and getting into an even more intimate community where you're doing football basically all day long and even when you're not doing that and just kicking back having fun you're bonding with your team teammates and all of that kind of goes forward into the season and it's a really uh it's a chance for every team to take another step forward and get that much better and more connected no matter where they're at and for Georgia it really uh it, it really stands out and shines so it's just a really cool thing in football and and I'm sure we'll start to hear the rumblings and we'll kind of report back to you but what are you looking most forward to and how how are you feeling about this UGA camp uh two-time national champion addition <laughs> so what, what always kind of gets me geared up and i definitely want to talk about the uh the hard knocks things the the hard knocks comment as well because that's that's airing next tuesday that's one of my favorite shows especially right before football kicks off um i believe it's the new york jets this year so that'll be fun but as far as camp goes i love kicking off my camp with kirby you know hopping into his presser really dissecting what his vision is for the team. Now he doesn't give a lot to the media and I, I love that about him, but there are times where you ask him a good question, 
where he will give you some insight. Now, the the thing the thing about Kirby is he he's always focused, right? So we're gonna go into this season a top three um rank, maybe one. Some people, you know, have Alabama above us or Michigan or Ohio State. And you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. But Kirby just really understands, like you mentioned, being present. And this is really where championships are won or lost. I know it's so cliche and it's coach speak, but you you feel Kirby that he just believes this stuff when he says it. And I think it's because he's done and he's seen it and it's worked. You hear about Michigan, you know, they've got Georgia period, they've got Ohio State period. We they we should not be their concern right now. We really shouldn't. Because just like last year, you saw we weren't their problem. We did not stop them from winning a, a championship. So we are going to work on us. This is a new team. What's the secondary going to look like? What's the D-line going to look like? Linebackers, O-line, skill positions on offense. Those are the things that I'm most looking forward to, and those are things that Kirby is interested in investing in, and that's why I feel like our program is in good hands. But speaking of offense and defense, I know that the offensive chatter is about Carson Beck. He's presumed to be the lead guy. Can Brock Vandegrift or Gunnar Stockton make a push? Does the reps that he's gotten in past years, does he look comfortable? Can he take command of the offense? Can he not turn it over? It's going to be different than what Stetson did and the versatility. We all know that. But who's to say that Carson Beck doesn't turn into an Aaron Murray type, you know, and have that type of year, a more pocket guy who can get out if he needs to, but a dissector. So other than the quarterback battle, because that's going to be talked about at nausea, Keegan, what are you looking for or who are you looking for or who's your sleeper or what's going to stick out on the offense that people aren't talking about right now? Well, I mean, just based on the spring game, the big story was like, uh, as Malik, is it Malachi Muse or who, who is 87? Yeah. Makai Muse. This, uh, this best, Mekhi, yeah. Muse, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and he's kind of been a deep roster player, but, that was kind of the story then. So if we're just kind of following stories, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, if there's more rumblings about what he might do because, I mean, he'd be like the seventh wide receiver that we're really kind of paying attention to. But, I mean, that's that's a story I'm interested in. And then furthermore, just kind of seeing how the offensive line shapes up, I think is like really one of the big things for me. And then, you know, Andrew Paul is going to be back to some extent I'd like to see like where he fits in this rotation because we don't really know where he's at. Um, and then otherwise, other than that, you know, um, I would just want to see, you know, who's, who's really getting the two reps at tight end, you know, because we like to run those two tight end sets. And that was a big part of what we did last year. And of course it's going to look a lot different when you don't got a six, eight monster. And, and just a side note, we can be disorganized here. The, the news coming out of NFL land that uh, Darnell Washington is owning the practice reps against none other than all pro TJ Watt. Uh, I mean, just got to love that. So needless to say, tying it back into what we're talking about here, what's important now, somebody's got some big shoes to fill, to fill in that number two spot. So granted, there's only going to be one Darnell Washington, but I'd like to see, you know, how they're going to kind of uh, do a new variation and a new variant uh, trigger word for what we got going on for tight ends this year. What's up? And I think I think that's a great point, too, because I think there, there's going to be probably a little bit of disconnect between fans who watched last year 
and they're going to want to see what we did last year. But as you say, Darnell Washington was a special type of player and good coaches. And the challenge for Bobo is going to be, yes, 13 personnel, 12 personnel worked a lot last year, but we had the personnel to do that and to do that successfully, whether it's Pierce Sperlin or Lawson Lucky or um, another tight end that I'm forgetting, whether it's, you know, one of those guys who ends up, getting the reps at the two, which you're looking to see, I think we're going to see a lot more three three wide receiver, one tight end sets, unless somebody shows flashes, you know, that they can block consistently on the perimeter. You're, we're not going to get a bunch of the jumbo stuff that we saw last year. But another thing on the offense beside QB that I am looking forward to is the running back room. And let me tell you why. When Todd Munkin got here, we talked about how a lot of his running backs over the years were heavily involved in offense in the passing game and in the running game. I don't think Bobo's, I don't think Bobo's offensive playbook has that much of that, but it's exciting for some, somebody like me who has maybe played the running back position before, because I think we're going to get back to an old fashioned, hard nosed downhill type of running game, which I think for Kendall Milton, that's easy. 1200, 1200 rushing yards in a season. So I'm really looking forward to, to see in Bobo's imprint on the run game. I think that's where he's going to have the most influence back to what he used to do in the passing game, maybe keeping a lot of the principles that uh, Munkin had. So that's what I'm looking for, just the style of the run game. So definitely keep an eye out on that. Yeah, and I I love the idea that um, we're going to, you know, get into position battles. And, and while I do think, you know, really, if I had to be honest, there's not – any position where there's not some level of pretty high competition. But if I'm looking at, you know, who has their position locked down on offense, the only two I can really say off the top are Cedric uh, Van Pran Granger and Brock Bowers. Those two definitely just got their position. Are, are there any guys that, I, that I'm missing um, just this like a definite lock. I mean, we got guys who are in the lead for their position, but definite locks. No, 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 because across the across the offensive line, there's a bunch of versatility and a lot of talent, right? right. We have starters there, but even right. like a Xavier Trust or even the right tackle position, you have bona fide starter talent level fighting for those positions. Same with the wide receiver room. As good as Brock Bowers is, what's the word on the street? Dominic Lovett is that guy. So there's multiple wide receiver positions, but when you come to X, Z, A, or whatever your offense, the structure is, you're going to have to ball out almost at every position except for Brock Bowers and SVPG, like you said. And I don't, I, I know you didn't mean this, but like, I don't want that to come off as like, oh, these guys are just going to chill and no one's going to take their spot. No, no, no. Oh, no. Those two are not only super talented, those are the leaders and they will stay well ahead of anybody competing for their positions both of those things in tandem make those guys locks not just because like coach loves them those guys are grinders and you can't you can't keep those guys off the field so great point yeah and you know i've been on teams where uh you where you don't know who's gonna start and it's a really bad thing <laughs> this this is the opposite of that we you, there's there's positions that might be up in the air but just because there's a good bit of competition besides those two that's not that's not saying anything negative it's really just kind of indicating it like the high level of talent a lot of positions have and you know I could I could sit here and tell you guys that 
you know, the wide receiver room is going to be the most competitive room to pay attention to. But then again, the the offensive line is pretty, you know, I could I could really make a case for each room to be on to be real about it. So and hey, that's a good problem to have. And that's really kind of what you want, period. So we love that. But go into the defensive side of the ball. Who are who are our locks position wise, since we're kind of on that theme? I gotta say, I, I, I gotta say Malachi Starks is probably since he got so much you know, it's like anytime you got a freshman getting lots of playing time, chances are sophomore year they're gonna start. So like and be a lock. I feel like Malachi starts as one of those guys who, 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 what are your thoughts on that? For me, for me right now. And I want to, I want to play devil's advocate on you please, on that spot. Please, please. The only one right now is uh, Dumas Johnson right now. Who's an absolute lock. Okay. I would say Sm- uh, smile Munden as well, but he's injured. So there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of players taking reps and that linebacker room is solid, mind you. But I think Dumas no, Johnson is a lock. I would I would guess Kamari Lassiter at a corner before I did Malachi Starks, but let me tell you why, please. Because okay. Dan Jackson is back and healthy. He's a seasoned veteran, not more talented than Malachi, seasoned veteran, and then you've got Javon Bullard, who's getting some reps at safety as well. But does he get reps, or does Tyke Smith get? The, the secondary is probably one of the most – I have the most confidence in on the defense as far as the talent we have back there. But the biggest question for me is who is the second corner? That's what I'm looking for. I'm going to, I'm going to make an early guess and go Dalen Everett because he's been getting a lot of chatter. I think this is the year he takes a leap forward, but there's big competition going up there. And then obviously we know the defensive line has a bunch of guys who have been there for years, but who takes that big step forward um, outside of Michael Williams, who's looking like he's going to be the next big thing in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, and I want to see, you know, who gets separation on the interior line because while we do have some standouts in a lot of the positions you were talking about, I do think the interior line has, you know, some a, a lot of solid guys that are going to work their way in and someone's probably going to, you know, uh, stick their head above the others or we're going to have a uh, D-line by committee, which is a, could be a good thing. But I want to see if there is separation because right now we don't really know. We saw some early production from a lot of guys. There's a lot of reason to be positive, even though we've had some attrition at the position. But who is going to step up, and will there be rumblings of separation? Is there a, an emerging dude who is going to be that dude? Could it be Jordan Big Baby Hall? You know, uh, is he is he going to take the next step, or is he is he going to just be kind of like he was last year, which is a pretty good player, and that would be fine. But we that's something I want to know because really. If you want to be uh, a UGA doubter, but in a realistic way, that's a position group that really you can control. poke holes there. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can poke holes in that argument. That's that is a huge reason why we've been so dominant. There's evidence that a lot of the teams we're going to play are going to get better at running the football. Uh, hey, so if that happened, they take a step forward, we take a step back. Now, now ball games are a little bit more interesting later down the stretch. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And, and perfect transition because <clears throat> for me, I think we'll find out what the offensive identity is going to look like. We kind of know Kirby, but I feel like the defense changes to a degree every year or we're a lead at one thing or another. Um, like we talked about a little bit pre-podcast in our, our pre-production meeting. Uh, we talked about how this defense, we, we have been so elite at stopping the run 
during these championship years. And obviously that's Jalen Carter. That's um, Nicobe Dean. That's Jordan Davis. That's a Devonte Wyatt. These guys in the trench in it, trenches and all the linebackers. But with that lack of a superstar, I think we have a bunch of consistency, but we lack a superstar in the middle right now until somebody emerges. What type of defense do we see? And my guess, like you're saying, I think we'll be a little bit more susceptible to the run up the middle. But with that being said, I think our secondary is going to be absolutely elite. And I think we have potential to be a, I would say, take your pick. Because we could either be maybe high turnover or high sack. So I think I think that's one of the things I love about Kirby's defenses. You're you're he may give up something, but we're gonna be elite somewhere that's really gonna change a game. And really take your pick. Or do we get to the quarterback on third? Do we have high interceptions off of pressure, but not a lot of sacks? So I want to see what type of defense this is gonna be, because I don't think it's gonna be a heavy run stopping um D. But the, that's the great thing about defense. You don't have to be one or the other to affect the game. You can be what elite wherever you are and really change the outcome of games. So that's really what I'm looking for. It may be a while before we get to see that till games start, but you see the, you see the seeds of those fruits early on in camp. And and sometimes, you know, that happens a couple of the times that the Atlanta Falcons have had def- decent to pretty good defenses. They couldn't stop the run, but they were able to get pressure and that disruption evens things out overall because if every few plays you're getting a big loss even if you're inching it forward you know it at least neutralizes the offense but I mean the thing is is Georgia does have so many dominant positions even if they did have to live in that kind of uh you know situation where you know you take a little you give a little on the defensive line you're right being locked down elite on in other position groups which we can say we have a lot more confidence and seniority and depth all around the board. Um, Yeah, I think that's going to be a big game changer. And it's been a long time coming because the Kirby Smart secondary uh, pretty much across the board since his Alabama days has been next level. I mean, truly. Throw throw Muschamp in there too. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So to be for these guys to be able to really be getting – some of the best players they've ever had and collection of home uh, dudes and, and recruits period. Uh, You know, I feel like we're just in a really, really good spot for them to, you know, for this to really be the golden age as far as much success as Kirby's had. Uh, And I know Georgia's in their gold has been kind of in their golden era for a minute. And these are the good, you know, the good old days. I'm starting to think that, you know, Kirby is starting to hit his stride now. You know, not even counting these – I mean, maybe you count the last national championships, but there's a chance that in his, you know, coaching arc that he's really starting to hit another gear. Absolutely. Look at the Missouri comeback. Look at the timeouts against Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like, those are those are critical critical adjustments and critical timeouts that won, won those games, even though the, it should have been penalized because Ohio State had 12 people on the field, but the refs didn't see it. And they're not going to take these backseats for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially for Georgia, so – yeah, oh, Kirby. Yeah. Kirby's learning to be a better coach. But they'll talk about hits in the end zone, you know, five years legal from now. hits. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited for what we got going on. But dude, we I mean, there used to be a time where we would celebrate for weeks if we got a five star recruit. Yeah, 
we're we're at that point in the in the, in the in the UJ dominance that we're just now getting to the point where we can tell you got we guys we got another big time linebacker recruit Justin Williams yeah number one linebacker in the country uh he's so good he made another one of our line of our linebackers transferred to uh auburn as far or uh, not transfer but decommit yeah 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 essentially mentally transfer his allegiances <laughs> but he's uh so that's a huge deal and here we are just now mentioning it and it's not because uh, uh we forgot it's just because we've been recruiting at such a dominant level i feel like all i can say is we keep doing better and better and better and better. Yeah, yeah that was a huge pickup. Uh, teammate of Joseph Ajanye from the, both Texas guys, same high school. Yeah. And there was a lot of chatter that we were going to lose that other running back commit, but picked up uh, the number one in the in his in their class for linebackers. So I mean that's huge upgrade. We and remember we lost out on that Sammy guy too from from Clemson. So this really filled a hole that we were seeming to uh be suffering from so i mean because yeah we don't have any good linebackers and we haven't had any good ones for a while i mean you know what i mean we're I stacking know. we're stacking the room glenn schumann strikes again dude it, it really is just becoming just another thing and we don't we don't want to downplay the relevance of this because no. this is what's making us special and that's why exactly i want to touch on that part of it because it is a big deal that's a five-star recruit but let's put it in perspective you remember, right? Like how we would have been one five star. Like this, this like, exactly. Like yeah. how, like I'm still like saying we should be like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But at the same time, I can also admit that we, and you probably both, in yeah, all right. our nation, we're getting conditioned to be used to it. Like, dude, why isn't he a six star? Like five, only five. <laughs> I think for us right now, like because we've been the number one class, I think what Georgia fans are looking for right now is we want to see the class in its totality because I think this is such an outrageous class. We have number one position guys, like I think three or four in the nation. It's everywhere. So we want to see, especially after you taste the championship, you don't really care about the recruiting championships anymore. You want to see this class whole, complete, and in the books. You know what I mean? Right. Get these guys on campus. And speaking of, we and I'll let you run it because we've got, a couple other five stars who are making huge decisions coming up. Started with KJ Bolden, uh, Nwari, yeah. the D lineman five star, who has been considering Georgia heavily, is also there. One, God forbid, both of those will make this class almost perfect, and we're still considering Wingo as Wingo as well at the wide receiver position. So I mean, there's still time for Man. this to be crazier than it is. And number one running back, I think it's yes, Frazier. Yes, I see. I can't even keep up. I can't even keep up. So that's for those of you who are counting, that's like three or four number ones. And here's another interesting thing we've already kind of touched on. Hey, we got Ellis Robinson, number one cornerback, number one player yes. in a lot of polls. Yes. We got number one quarterback, number one player in yep. many other polls. In state now, recruiting. In and state now. In state, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit of a loaded stat, but in state now. And then on to top that all off, there's only one other guy that pops up as a potential number one out of those two that's not like a consensus, and that's Nawari, the defensive tackle. So if we get Nawari, and we already got the other two, 
That's three number ones across the board. That's Voltron. that's that's the royal flush. Voltron, that's the royal flush. The way, yeah. I, the way I see it. So, exactly. So I mean, here's here's something fun that I just think you guys will like, and I, this is really this really tickles me. So while we did win two national titles, and there is a chance that you know, I mean, Alabama had Bryce Young and Will Anderson. By all, everyone thought that that combination would win you national titles. Best so offensive could, player, best defensive player. How do you not win? Yeah, so there's evidence to show that there's more to it. And I know we, I think Georgia does have those intangibles. But in some kind of messed up reality where we got the best team but don't have the dark timeline, some some, some kind of like national championship and that in some kind of parallel reality where this is happening. I just want to remind you that we will have probably the best roster on paper, and there's no other time that is perfect to have the best roster on paper than the time when NCAA football gets brought back to the masses. Finally. Because, because regardless of Georgia slips up, these number ones are better hold true when the ratings come You know out. they will. You know they I will. Know. I want to you- you remember that last NCAA game where we were number one that year with Matt Stafford and them? That team was so fun to play with. But I couldn't put the game down. I mean, that's the thing. They broke the the blackout game was uh, was tragic, but man, it was. Don't, don't tell me you guys didn't exact revenge on the video game when it came to uh, to letting them have it, and that that was the only reality we could we could do that. So, All right. I just think that's my like silver lining is that hey, uh, I've been curious to see who I'm going to be able to play with finally. And uh, that that aspect of it is looking good, but yeah, just going back to the recruiting announcements, the the most uh, pressing one, and I think all of these guys could commit soon, is uh, KJ Bolden. And then the only other smoke, secondhand smoke that's out there on the Twitterverse is that Juju Lewis, number one quarterback, number one player, oh yeah, quarterback, could be making an announcement soon. We are kind of in the mix for that still. He's a Georgia boy. That would be crazy. I don't know. I mean, who, loaded QB room, so who might knows? be might be a little overkill, yeah. but hey, that's yeah. just there too. So. But just just understand because it's August, at least in Georgia, at least in Georgia, high school football is getting ready to kick off. If not this Friday, the next, and if not next, then very soon. So a lot of these seniors they do like to go ahead and make their commitments and focus on the season. Some juniors as well, but usually those are like the few and far between, the special guys that just pick and stay in that class the whole time. Um, but look for a few commitments before football gets kicked off, especially in Georgia. So um, a few announcements on the way for sure. Yes. And we will have to catch some games. We, we need it. We need to for real, try to catch some beef for games. Absolutely. Yeah. My gosh. I never thought I'd say that. Let's, I know. let's, go, let's go pick a game where it will be close. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, and other than that, Keegan, unless you have any other news, I did want to ask you maybe who you were looking for. Speaking of recruits, recruits turn freshmen. Who do you think maybe could uh, stand out uh, this year? Whether they get a lot of playing time, but at least summer camp, who do you think is going to make some noise? I've heard a couple of names, uh, but I'd like to get your take on it before I uh, hop out there. Well, the the one that really stands out to me, at least on the defensive side, is Janelle Aguero. This guy really looks like he's making a splash. It, it sounds like he's just about SEC ready. And, you know, while I'm sure there's still going to be some growing pains, that's a guy that, I would look to see uh, make it to the field, definitely add some young depth where it counts in that secondary. And, you know, some, you know, some of these games, we're going to assume that Georgia will probably be ahead in first halves going into second half. So 
a lot of guys like that are really going to get some reps and a chance to, you know, take their status in the team to the next level and could really come, uh, you know, say what you want about Georgia's schedule. One of the benefits will be that a lot of guys will get playing time early on, which is going to make the, the grade on depth that much better. So that's kind of my take on that. And on the offensive side of the ball, I already said Muse. I do want to see where Rob Rock Thomas and uh, Dominic Lovett go into play. But as far as like the young freshmen, uh, who, who, which one of the Robinsons is the youngest? Uh, Roderick, Roderick Robinson. Roderick. So yeah. I want to see what Roderick does. That dude's a beast. So that, that's, that's kind of what I will see. Sorry if I took yours. No, 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 no. Good call. I, I'm actually going to go somebody who flashed a little bit in the spring game. Um, may not contribute this year, especially with uh, Marvin Jones Jr. being healthy, but I really do think Damon Wilson is going to be a force to be reckoned with, um, especially at such a high-profile position. You know what I mean? Not to not to take away anybody else, like a wide receiver or anything like that, but you can just affect the game so much with those, those sexy stats off the edge. And Damon Wilson is long. He's going to start eating that UGA food lifting them UGA weights and it's not going to be, you're not gonna be able to keep them off the field for long. So uh, I can't remember if his number was 35 or whatever it was, but him and Samuel Pimba are going to be some guys uh, as long as they stop speeding and drag racing or whatever's going on, but like they they'll be good. And, and they're going to be some uh, forces to be reckoned with in the years. To come. If they can just charge more quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Keep charges. it on the field. Yeah. Zero to a hundred on the field, but like you got chill on the outside. Charge more quarterbacks, avoid chargers, and avoid chargers. <laughs> I'm telling you. And then I guess other than that, we'll we'll have some more reports coming in as camp goes on. But in the world outside of football, just some just some little snippets of the uh sports world. The Braves took the series over Otani, another favorite for the MLB MVP, especially the AL, even though Acuna can make a great case, definitely for the um, NL MVP. And the Angels, they won two to one, lost that first game. They they brought out some pitchers that were throwing. I mean, I, f- I feel like third inning on, 100 miles an hour, like to the end of the game. So that was a good outing by them. I think they're keeping Otani and committing to doing some winning. Uh, but, yeah, great series by the Braves, and they continue on as the best team in baseball right now. Dude, it's it's pretty insane how badass they are doing. And like, I honestly have been critical of baseball at times, and I do like what they've done with the pitch clock and oh, kind yeah. of gotten gotten the speed of the game moved up. And I do, I just think they just they should shorten the season a little bit. Also, they could add to that. But that said, even for someone like me who's like moderately critical of baseball, especially the viewership, all that kind of thing, the Braves have been fun to watch. And they've got an explosive offense, and that really makes it fun to watch. So that's cool. I mean, I always root for the Braves. They let me down 13 years in a row when they won their division and didn't do anything in the playoffs. And on the 14th year, God forgive me, I said, hey, I'm just going to check out a little bit. And that's kind of where I've been with them since, even in the good years. But I'm always a Braves fan, and they've made it a lot more interesting to watch, and I love watching them just pour it on, man. That's just awesome. But – the other big thing in the sports world, and I, I don't know where we were at with, you know, talking about this, but Messi had one of the most epic debuts of all time with inner uh, Miami. He's been going off. Just killing it. And honestly, it's kind of like a sore subject, but to see Joseph Martinez down there with him. Yeah. Uh, stings you know, a little bit. It stings a little bit. It's but cool. I'm, I'm happy for Joseph. Yeah. It yeah. is really cool to see that. So 
Um, I don't follow soccer that much, but to see two faces, I do recognize making the highlights like they do. I really want to catch a messy game, but who isn't saying that right now? If you Absolutely. Sports at all. And I know, didn't, uh, didn't a dog win the U.S. Open? <laughs> is that, isn't that? Yeah, Brian, uh, is it Hartman? Brian Hartman won. Yeah, yeah that was uh, lefty. He, um, yeah, he had a chokehold on the lead for, for a while and now. Um, you know, good for him. Now everybody's kind of gearing up for the FedEx Open, I believe, is coming. So yeah, golf is in full swing. But yeah, shout out to a uh, you know another dog, doing doing good outside of football. It's always good to hear. Congrats. Dogs taking over the the smart school sports here. You know late. what I mean? You know what I mean, like they're giving Princeton and all those suckers a run for the pretty money. pretty good amount of dogs on tour too. So they're they're repping for sure. So um, so yeah. Other than that, looking for hard knocks too. That's gonna be fun. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Low key though, hey, the Jets are going to be a team at least, well, offensively and defensively. So can't wait to watch that. But uh, other than that, Keegan, man, I, I feel like we covered it all. It's it's uh sure. starting to get back into that. Not fall yet. Still hot. Still hot as hell outside. But like we're rounding that corner, getting ready. Football pads about to start getting on, and uh, it's the best time of the year. Best time of the year coming up. Hey, it's all coming together, and hey, we're gonna have to find ourselves in the. Uh old athens town soon so go it's dog. coming it's coming the town the countdown continues keegan well i appreciate your time dog nation as always it's been a pleasure and you guys never forget you know what it is <laughs> off the leash i do it for the dogs <laughs> <laughs>